Inverse Genius Fortnightly 37, Made for Memes. In this episode, Rocky, Bruce, and Donald talk about Sack Squatch, Quokas, Calvin and Hobbes and Friends of the Library, and the Muppets. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs and we truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to Inverse Genius Fortnightly, the show that we put out roughly once every two weeks, especially if I don't get to mess with the schedule too much, and we just tell you about things. I'm Bruce. Joining me on the show today is one Mr. Donald Dennis. Hello, everybody. And uh, our special guest today, if you have listened to some of the non-Inverse Genius things uh, I have done uh, you may recognize this person. If not, let me introduce you. It's Rocky. Yay! <laughs> it's me. <laughs> hooray, hooray. Hey. It's great to have you on microphone. Oh, thank you. I, I want to say at some point, like a hundred million years ago, we did an onboard games. We did. Yes. Okay, good. Then I'm not crazy. Nice. I was sitting upstairs at my brother's place uh, on one of the beds uh, trying to figure out how to make my stuff work remotely and it was exciting and fun oh that sounds like an absolute party <laughs> yes it was, i think it was before you went to board game geek con yeah well. that sounds about right well thank you all for taking that trip down memory lane with us as we uh roughly piece together uh parts of at least my and our collective lives uh, memento style yes <laughs> so this is the show where we just uh, take a thing we like and tell you about it uh, it's not more sophisticated than that. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start if nobody else wants to, but does anybody else really want to jump up and be the first person to give us uh, this uh, Fortnite's recommendation? Dive on in, Bruce. Okay. So I would like to introduce you to a thing that I actually have to thank Rocky for finding initially. Uh, I want to tell you about Sasquatch. I've, uh, I've not heard of this. Tell me about Sasquatch. So Sasquatch yes. is amazing. First of all, uh, spelled S-A-X-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H, Sasquatch. Uh, oh, so it's not it. like Jackbox messing with Sasquatch. I thought that's where you're going with this. This is and something else. This is something completely different. Uh, you Jack can links. find him. So he is in a lot of places, but uh, Sasquatch.com or a search for Sasquatch will be your easiest way uh, to find him. He's on YouTube. He is also, and this is how Rocky ran into him, is uh, Reddit does like the the Reddit, uh, what is it called, Rocky? I think it's the Public Access Network, RPAN. There we go. Yeah. The Public Access Network on Reddit. And one day we were sitting around with Brian from our show, and we were doing something about to get ready to make a show. And Rocky goes, oh, my God, I have to show you this. And what she shows me is, and I'll do my best to paint a picture for you, uh, a, a, a large person in their own backyard, which is wooded, but they have additionally added uh, potted plants all around them. Next to them is a table with a computer on it that has a giant sticker that says Sasquatch. They are holding a, uh, uh, a saxophone. They are dressed as a Sasquatch. They are playing covers of popular songs, but also doing the saxophone to them. It's amazing. Uh, they have someone filming them. Uh, they also have a fog machine just in case you need like just a little extra ambiance. 
they're ready to give it to you. Uh, they film live every single Sunday night at 7 p.m. East. They go 7 to about 7.25, 7.30, though you can find their stuff uh, all the time up on YouTube. Now, I'm looking at uh, Sack Squatch has not only merch, because of course, but a mixtape, which I have ordered on vinyl because I can't believe it exists. On this, they cover the following songs. Uh, One More Time by Daft Punk, Down Under by Men at Work, Every Breath You Take by The Police, Careless Whisper by George Michael, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, Around the World by Daft Punk, La Bamba by Richie Valens, The Pink Panther Theme, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, and they do all kinds of stuff uh, any given week. Uh, Those are just the ones that have been recorded for the mixtape. But essentially, any Sunday night if you're just in the middle of, the, of these current times and you're like, you know what I need? I need to hear some sweet, sweet saxophone covers that I don't have to think too hard about. Uh, check it out. It's live on YouTube every week. For me, it is one of the few things on YouTube that is appointment television for us. Uh, if we at all can, we catch it. He, they did a special one uh, coming into the Super Bowl where they played like hits of previous Super Bowl halftime shows where it was like Lady Gaga and Prince and I can't remember they did somebody else that was one of the more recent. I think maybe Katy Perry uh, did one of the more recent halftime shows. They did one last week, I want to say, that was for um, for Valentine's Day, where it was all like uh, Marvin Gaye and Al Green and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But who, whoever's doing it like has three or four different saxophones. They have like an alto and a regular and a big one, and I don't know what else. Um, last week they also had set up. So on a television screen next to them, they were doing a duet with a human being, uh, that was pretty amazing. I, I don't know why this started. I just know that every week I make sure I watch sack squatch because it is exactly what the internet was made for. So, yes. Saxophone. I mean, sometimes saxophone is amazing. I mean, like in. With, with sometimes I really like it. Sometimes it is just kind of meandering it off into the weeds. And, and I guess that's true with any instrument. Yeah. So, so uh, three saxophones though, that's a lot. I mean, saxophones are not cheap instruments. Now, I have a feeling and Rocky and I've discussed this many times. This person, if not someone famous for playing saxophone is someone that I'm going to guess was probably like a working musician. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be shocked if this person was in maybe like a wedding band or something. Uh, or is someone that we actually know and is just getting a hoot out of it, like from their California house to just play and no one know who they are. Uh, but the, their their hustle is so strong that I'm inclined to believe they're probably like a wedding musician. <laughs> okay. Uh, because, well, because like if you were, you know, like a person of means, you wouldn't work so hard to like get your mixtape sold to people and sell your T-shirts and stuff. I don't think you'd work this hard. Uh, right, or some, some sort of ballroom musician or, or something like that. Yeah, this is somebody who I believe plays saxophone for money in some capacity, and they just either got bored or wanted to find another stream of income and started doing this. But the whole like the whole vibe is and every once in a while, the person that's in the suit will talk through like a vocorder. And Mm -hmm. it's always things like, remember, I love you and the world loves you. Just be positive. And then back to playing (laughs) more hits. And that's what it always is. Um, It's just like such a good vibe coming off of it. Now, I will say I understand your fear when you hear that it's saxophone and just somebody playing it. Uh, Sax Squatch 
does virtually no, like there's no moment where you ever have the feeling, man, it's the notes he's not playing that are important. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what he's doing. He's like, oh, let me play Careless Whisper. Do, 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 do. Like, it's that kind of thing where you're at home kind of grooving right. along with it. Um, yeah, I, a- I put, uh, you know, bagpipes and saxophone in exactly the same category. It's like, Ooh. sometimes it is super amazing. Yeah. And then at other times you're like, could we have the other music, please? So, but I, I do love it sometimes. I mean, you know, I would say easily 30% of all the saxophone I've heard has been pretty, pretty darn good. So Sasquatch, I'm sorry, Sasquatch. It's going to be tough for me. Bruce. I get it. It's going to be tough. But Sasquatch sounds like it's right up my, my uh, I could put that on and amuse and annoy my wife with it. And so I'm all in favor of this. I feel like definitely because essentially like whenever he does something that isn't a cover, it still fits into like pop music rules where it's, you know, kind of repetitive and catchy and under five minutes. So even when he's like this time, I'm going to play something that I've made myself. Remember everybody love one another. Stay safe. Like, you know, it's still <laughs> say, like, don't flame me for playing my own stuff pretty much. And it's always like a bump. Like it's still kind of like something you'd listen to. <laughs> None right. of it is like real free form, uh, classic jazz kind of stuff. Um, every once in a while, like on the mixtape is it's a wonderful world. That's probably kind of the oldest sort of thing he does, but you're not going to hear anything off of like bitches brew or anything like that. There's never a point where he's like, I would now like to take this time to introduce you to the beauty of 1960s jazz. Uh, be good to everybody. Like that never happens. <laughs> Not you know, yet. It's always like covered. If Sax Squatch hears this, we that may appear. <laughs> uh, I only hope at one point he's like, I was listening to the Inverse Genius podcast. Me and nine people. Uh, I love them. I love you. Be good to everyone you see. And now, <laughs> you know, nineteen sixties <laughs> jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Now a little lost Herbie Hancock from the early seventies. <laughs> you know, and it's just way off into digital jazz. Um, but no, it's not that kind of stuff. It's all covers. It's very accessible. And he is who I say, I don't know. He, they are in a full Sasquatch costume with a bandana on their head that has their own Sasquatch logo. Uh, just, and what's great is, is if you look at the background, cause at first you buy forest, you're like, Oh, he's in a forest. Cool. And then you look and you're like, no, he's not. He's in a backyard. And those are three houseplants. <laughs> um, which I think to me makes it even better uh, is just how weird it is and once again it is somebody who looked at the pun and said I'm going to make the pun real and there's something about that I find a uh, wonderful uh, quote unquote in these times so someone is either getting the rights to this music or is doing generic contracts someone knows who this person is it's not not like some other YouTube stars that we, we may talk about at another time who like nobody knows this person, but somebody has to know, or he's getting a lot of DMCA's. Yeah, I, 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 so it's real weird because once again, they've pressed a vinyl. Like I, like I literally have coming to me a t-shirt that looks like something you would have bought out of the seventies uh, that mm. says Sasquatch on it and a full like vinyl pressed record. The other thing that's really weird is, is I looked, um, Sasquatch up on, um, on, oh goodness, Spotify. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe the album's on Spotify. And one song is on Spotify right now, um, which I think is one of the Daft Punk songs. But w- it, when you look at their profile, it says, oh, concerts coming up. And when you look, if this is to be believed, they are performing at one of the like um, John Hall. 
I think it is, of Holland Oats. Does or no, it's Oats. It's the other one. It's Oats. Does Oats stock? Mm-hmm. Where like they just invite some of their musician friends and they all jam. He's listed on the bill on Spotify for being a part of that. Wow. I don't know if that's real or like Sasquatch just thought it'd be fun to put their name in and just see if Spotify would accept it. I haven't dug deeper, but yeah, like I get a feeling someone knows who this is, whether it's a session musician or it's somebody that maybe we've heard of or, but I I do have a feeling because of what you're saying, like things aren't being taken down. Records are being pressed. Uh, This person is or knows somebody. I just don't know whether it's somebody that we would all know, or it's like I said, some sort of like session musician that maybe makes money doing weddings and stuff, but also knows people in California, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. they are incredibly talented, especially for a person playing saxophone in a Sasquatch costume. Right. So, yeah, I'm at the point, having heard you get so excited about it, that, you know, I wouldn't mind knowing who Sasquatch really is. But at this point, I'm happy for the myth and the legend to maintain. I don't want to know. Yeah. I I have no desire. I just want every once in a while, uh, after one cover I love, uh, all I need to know about Sasquatch is just make sure that you stay safe and that you tell everybody you know you love them. And then into the next song. That's all I need to know. All right. That sounds great. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Uh, Who wants to go next? Who wants to do this? Rocky, what do you have? Oh, it's so hard to follow that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some of the credit for that is yours. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, So, speaking of fuzzy animals that are in the woods, (laughs) uh, I would like to talk about a little tiny fuzzy animal that lives in Australia in a very, very tiny part of Australia on a couple of islands and uh, a little tiny bit on the far western coast of Australia. It's cute. It's tiny. It smiles all the time. It's a marsupial. And it kind of looks like if you took a groundhog and mixed it with a kangaroo. Or a koala bear. Or a koala, yes. Or, um, or Pikachu. <laughs> and, and, and it has absolutely no survival instinct. Nope. Uh, it is called a quokka. Hmm. Uh, let, let me get this right. I believe it's Q-U-O-K-K-A. Quokka. Yes. Yeah. So uh, apparently, because of how isolated they are, they don't understand that humans are evil. So they just <laughs> hang out with people. If they see them, they're like, hey, what's up? Are we just hanging out? Let's take a selfie. And so if you go on the internet, there are just pictures of people just taking selfies with these cute little button-eared, happy, smiling, little fluffy things. Just hanging out. Just hanging out on the beach, under some trees. Just cause. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, and if you decide that this is a thing you love, if you have a Twitter, if you do the Twitters, uh, mm-hmm. you could go to at Quaka every hour and they will tweet a new Quaka picture every hour. You could have infinite adorableness all the time. If you like, if that's, a, if that's a thing you're into, uh, uh my favorites are the ones where since they're marsupial, there's a little tiny baby quokka in the pouch, and they're both smiling at the camera. 
they're so yeah, I think that they're genetic. It's just they're bio. They're not genetically or bio. Their their physical nature is that they are just always always appearing happy. Who knows? They yes. might be riddled with anxiety, but I like to think of them as a cheerful group of marsupials. Oh my god, they're me. <laughs> you're a cheerful marsupial <laughs> and just riddled with anxiety <laughs> oh okay <laughs> uh, yeah i i love the every hour thing because there's also a like a raccoons every hour and a possums every hour yes and nice all of which are adorable and amazing animals for for a variety of reasons uh but uh yeah, I I think that may be where I first discovered the glory that is Quaka was this uh, Quaka every hour. Yeah, it, they're they're pretty amazing little creatures. Now it is you know you can't feed them, you're not supposed to handle them because again, wild creatures probably not a good idea. And they do apparently. Uh, I was reading that apparently they're about fifteen Quaka bites a year, but it's usually like children harassing them, so that's their fault. Don't harass the quackas. Agreed. We call that justifiable, justifiably nibbled, right? Absolutely. But yeah, the quackas like look like they are built for a selfie at all times, and that's what you get. Like apparently, if I understand the stories, because uh, Rocky and Donald both introduced me to quackas one day when I was like, I'm not, I'm feeling kind of down, and everybody was like, Have you ever met the kawaka or the? Quaka? <laughs> and I was like, No, I haven't. I do instantly feel better. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, get them in selfies because they're just in selfie position constantly. And as long as you don't touch them, they apparently will come close enough to you to make a reasonable selfie, especially for a wild animal. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Super cute. Uh, so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, everybody should go and look these things up and share with us your favorite. Please. Favorite one. Yes. Uh, um, maybe several favorites. Oh, no, that's too bad. It's too many pictures. I'm so sad. Because <laughs> I know on my personal Twitter, I probably share one to two to five a week uh, from the quack every hour uh, because they're just amazing. I'm like, oh, that needs to be in the world more. Yeah, uh, earlier I was verifying the, the Twitter handle just to make sure I get it right. And uh, it's like, oh, people you know also follow this account. I was like, oh, I wonder who that is. Oh, Bruce Vogue and Donald Dennis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I don't know whether it was because you had shared one or uh, I don't I don't know the the train of quacking. <laughs> that but sounds that sounds wrong. Hopefully it gets bigger after this because if for the five of you listening, uh, it's a thing you need in your life. I promise you. We have yeah. we have listeners for this show. Amazing, amazing listeners. All five of you are superstars. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I'm, I'm using myself there. <laughs> hey, Donald, uh, you have a thing. Tell us about what's uh, exciting you these these two weeks. Well, okay, we've got a couple of things, but one leads into the other. Okay. So being, being a librarian, uh, we have an amazing support organization at our library called the Friends of the Library. And what they do is they will take frequently donations in from folks, be it uh, books or supplies or whatever. And if they're appropriate for use in the library – they will then, you know, give it to us so that we can put it on the shelves. Because, like, oh, we need to replace, uh, you know, all the John Grisham books because they've all been read so many times, or you know, Harry Potter or whatever it is, and we don't want to go out and buy them uh, when <laughs> they're getting donated all the time, and so we can refresh our shelves. Uh, but also, then they get sets like, well, we can't. This isn't going to be allowed to be circulated, or we already have it, or whatever. 
And um, so they get in all these books. So one of my pro tips is if you live in a big city, uh, volunteer for the Friends of the Library once in a while because you get first dibs at books that aren't going to go into the collection. And usually they let the friends pay whatever anybody else would pay for the books. Uh, so you can get uh, can can get early dibs on that. So if you're trying to fill out your Lovecraft collection or whatever it might be, uh, then yeah, look into that because when folks die, and maybe it's just because we live in Myrtle Beach area, Polly's Island, and a lot of folks have come through and this is where they, they while away, but we get huge collections for the size of town that they get donated. Okay. You can sort of grift through that collection and go, Oh, I don't own these 12 books. I'm going to go ahead and, and they're not going to go on the shelf. So I'll buy them. So they don't go into the dumpster or whatever. Um, also I'll say, please, if you are donating books, don't leave them in your garage for three years first or up in the attic because that they come in foxed or mildewy or whatever it is. And that's unusable. And so these nice folks who are doing the sorting, and usually they are of a retired age, then have to shift all of these nasty, nasty books hither and yon. And, uh, and usually they go into the dumpster if they're in bad shape. Oh. You know, so, And by fox, um, do you mean attacked by a fox? Uh, no, it's a, a spotted color. It's, it's a, sorry, it's a technical library term. Um, I, I didn't know if it was a technical library term or if it was attacked by a fox. Either seemed like they could have been reasonable. Yeah, we have had, if, in that case, we have had ratted books. You know, oh no! And, and that, have been of ratted, is when they're, that of course is when they're spotted, right? And when they're eaten by rats. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, so that is actually attacked by rats. Okay. That is yes. Um, well, I made that one up. So yes, it is. It is when it's attacked for you, Bruce. I made up a phrase. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know, and or they come in with bugs in them, or Ew. some, yeah, and search through your books before you bring them in. We've had donations that have had uh, valuable pictures in them. Uh, well, valuable to the family who lost them, I'm sure. We've had books show up with money, which is great because that goes yep. straight into the supporting library programming, um, not into our pockets directly, more the shame, but no, it goes straight into supporting future library activities. Um, but what came in not too long ago was the complete Calvin and Hobbes box set that had the great big thick books, beautiful hardback and, and all of that. And I was like, well... I guess I'm buying this. And they said, Oh yeah, that's already up on the website. You can, you can pick that up now. So I paid 60 bucks to the friends of the library <laughs> nice for the complete collection of Calvin and Hobbes. When it came out and it was brand new and this set looks brand new. Um, it was beyond my means at the time. Oh, and wow. I love me some Calvin and Hobbes. And I've got a bunch of the individual little books. There's every time I go to a bookshelf, I go, this probably should be with the other Calvin and Hobbes books I have. But now I can dispose of all of my paperback versions because I have the giant collection of Calvin and Hobbes. That's and you awesome. will find rare finds and stuff that come into the friends. So are you two Calvin and Hobbes fans at all? Or I was when I was younger. I don't know that I've read Calvin and Hobbes in a lot of years, other than in the way that everybody sees it on social media where somebody's like, oh, here's an awesome Calvin and Hobbes moment you need to be you need to remember. You're dying in snow. Let me show you 3,000 snowmen Calvin and Hobbes things exactly. or whatever. Uh yeah, so he was, you know, when I was growing up, my brother was a huge fan of Dennis the Menace. And, you know, then I, I got into like high school or whatever, and Calvin and Hobbes was a huge deal. And I was like, okay, this is, Calvin is my Dennis the Menace. Uh, okay. You know, always getting in trouble, being super creative, um, obviously irritating his parents, but uh, not to such a degree that you feel that the kid was, um, you know, taken to a, a belt was never taken to him. Yeah. Uh, but that just 
his outlook on life and his, oh, anything can be a creative endeavor, uh, unbridled childish, childishness, and the fact that he quit. It's like uh, Bill Watterson said, well, I've done what I needed to do with this cartoon and I have stopped. It kept it from ever getting uh, long in the tooth because I used to love the Peanuts Charles Schultz stuff, but there was a lot of repeat in those. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Rocky, did you ever get into Calvin and Hobbes? Um, no, I saw it was around and I saw it was a thing, but I just never really, I don't know, just Fair. never appealed to me, mostly because uh, a lot of my exposure to it was uh, them peeing on things. Yeah. So well, that, yeah, I, I realize that's not tracks. like real, but it, it still uh, kind of shaded my perspective of it a little bit. Oh, yeah. The people who use the, hey, I'm Calvin and I'm peeing on things for whatever it is. You're kind of trash. And if you're listening to the show and you've got a bunch of those on your cars, you should really rethink yourself um, <laughs> because that's not what Calvin and Hobbes is about. No, not at all. And, and then, I don't think that the author or the designer, writer, cartoonist, the cartoonist ever got any money for that nonsense. No. And uh, yeah, he's not that kind of jerk. You shouldn't use his stuff to be that kind of jerk. And then I'm trying yeah. to remember at mm-hmm. some point he did one week of comic strips for somebody else in the last couple of years. And Was I, it the pearls to swine guy? It might have been where like he had an itch to come back, but he didn't want to like do a thing. And he was like, I have one story I want to tell. I think it's going to take me five days. And someone like created a pocket dimension in their own uh, comic uh, strip to let him do something for five days. And I've seen uh, some cartoonists do some interesting stuff, which was like, and I don't think this was it, but it, it, it was Calvin grown up and passing okay. off Hobbes to, uh, to like a child. And it wasn't actually Calvin, but it was obviously somebody saying, oh, this is sort of the next step in that without making it be, oh, look, I'm completely ripping off Bill Watterson. Yeah. But it, he, it is, there are nods to it in a lot of other cartoons. He put in so much motion in what was happening. Um, his little potato-footed dude went really far, uh, you know, and did a lot of things. And it's neat to see that. And so, yeah, I've, I'm just really excited now to dig into all of this Calvin and Hobbes goodness. That's awesome. And then I have to ask, only because we're on the comic strip, like the newspaper comic strip train. Oh, yeah. Ha- have you seen uh, Garfield without Garfield? I ha- you've you've mentioned it in a pre a different show. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, I've seen it. I've never really dug too deep into uh, the metaphysical conundrum that is Garfield without Garfield. <laughs> if, if you get a chance out there and you remember just how bad Garfield is, because uh, Jim Davis is just a hack. Uh, but uh, what's hilarious is, is someone has taken Garfield comic strips and just removed Garfield. So it's just John talking to himself and it is really something. Yeah. If you want just the weirdest perspective on Garfield, uh, check out Garfield without Garfield. Also, uh, final side note, because it's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe right now on Broadway, there's a Garfield musical. What? Yeah, yes. Sounds right. Um, uh, I'd was, buy that. I was recently uh, uh, fed a Facebook ad that said like, Hey, do you want to support the theater and the arts? And I was like, maybe and they're like, well, you can, you can buy tickets to this off Broadway, Broadway production. And I was like, I guess keep talking. And they were like, it's Garfield. <laughs> and I was like, how much? <laughs> and they were like 24 95. And I was like, no, um, 
But uh, apparently Garfield has a off-Broadway Broadway musical right now. Uh, also a thing you could check out. Um, not as good as Calvin and Hobbes at all. Uh, but if you're into like ironic musical theater, uh, there's a little something for you. All right. So, yeah, yeah. You, you said some things about Garfield that I can't really argue against. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you said Garfield on one end of Cat Comics. Yep. And Heathcliff on the other. <laughs> Which one do you throw a rock at food? So the first? problem is, is, is in that case, unfortunately, I've got to peg Heathcliff because as bad as Garfield is, Heathcliff has always felt like generic Garfield. Yep. So the shoe, the shoe gets thrown at Heathcliff. Yeah, definitely. Now, really, you're going to defend now, Heathcliff? Uh, at least he did things and had adventures. That uh, is uh, true. Yeah, no. Uh, I could never tell what any average Garfield strip was about, except them standing there staring at each other, or one of them laying down and staring at the other one. That's it. That's all that happens. There's also one really weird strip Jim Davis did in like the late 90s that is just a, an existential crisis of a strip where Garfield goes into his house and it's been broken into and no one's there and he's got to deal with not knowing how he's going to eat and then he passes out and goes into like a nightmare world. What? Uh, and it was a real comic strip. I thought someone had made it as a joke. It was a real strip. You can really see it on like United Syndicate or whatever it is. Um, huh. I'll look that up, y'all. Or not. I mean, it yeah, is or don't, Garfield. Or don't. And, and yeah. just go give the money to Calvin and Hobbes where it really should go. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. So now that we've talked far too much about Garfield and or Heathcliff, <laughs> uh, I think let's, let's talk about something that we are all big fans of. That's now available to, to anybody who's watching WandaVision. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Do you tell? Um, so recently, and I hate this. I really, uh, I love what we're going to be talking about, but I hate that it is where it has ended up. That mm. the whole Muppets thing has been absorbed into Disney yes. because morally I'm opposed to Disney, but they keep doing things that I really like. Right. Um, you know, copyright, paying your artists, paying the people who work for you at your, uh, at your theme parks enough that they can live. All these things are things I find valuable. And yet now they have the Muppets and yeah. WandaVision and other stuff. But so the Muppet show is right there on Disney plus. All five seasons of the original Muppet Show. And I think, Rocky, you have a little more information on this that I did not have until you told me. Uh, Yes. Let me see if I can pull that up. I think every episode is up there except for three episodes in particular. Let me hang on. Let me do some click. I had it up and then I looked at clockers again. I can't imagine how I got sidetracked. (laughs) Because I think you told me it is. I'll try to fill in a little bit of time while you get the actual information. It's one episode from season one. There we in go. Which, uh, there we go. Okay, then I'll just let you do it. Yeah. Uh, season one is Kay Ballard. Uh, that one's not there. Uh, season five, Brooke Shields. And season five, Chris Langham. I hope I pronounced all those names right. Well, you got um, Brooke Shields right. I know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, some people are saying that Kay Ballard is showing up for some people and not others. I don't know. There's uh, some hypothesis that maybe there's some uh, copyright issues with maybe some songs used in them. But it's still more available than we've ever had before because uh, they did not release all five seasons on DVD before. Yeah, they stopped at season three. And then I yeah. know there were threats that the UK was going to get four and five. Like there was mocked up box artwork and it just never happened. The only way to get four and five was from bootleggers until now. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. 
and I have to say, and I think we probably all agree on this, is if there ever were a near-perfect show, it probably is The Muppet Show. It's so good. I mean, yeah. and even the bad stuff is, you're like, okay, I see what you were trying to do there. That, w- that was cute. Keep moving. You know, there's there's not anything where I go, I hate this and I hate what you stand for. I hate what you do. It's like, this is fun. You all are uh, are telling a cool story. I'm, I like the characters, even the ones that I don't like. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's even some of the stuff, like every once in a while, you can really tell. For me, it is when I start to get bored. I normally notice, is it something where Henson and team were working on some new type of puppet? That's usually mm. like when it's something that's just so experimental that you're like, why do I care? Not a single Muppet I know and like is even in this. Are you telling me that you couldn't trot Kermit out here for a second to keep my attention? Because <laughs> it'll just be like trees bending to and fro for four minutes. And then when you look at it, you're like, wait a minute. What are they doing? And you realize it's got to be like some ridiculous marionette operated by four people to make this tree bend to and fro. Uh, how many people did it take to bore me? Uh, 14, Jim Henson says. Uh, but normally, like, you can at least tell there was something weird and experimental happening. Um, I always kind of liken it to if you ever watch Saturday Night Live and you're kind of a regular watcher, the last like two skits make no sense at all. They're usually like needlessly dark. Uh, whatever's like going to end the show uh, often ends in like just someone dying in a horrible way, but it's their weird. Like we've done all the cool stuff through the whole episode. Uh, we all want to do this one really weird thing. Let's just see what happens. Um, and that's yeah. the same kind of thing that happened on the Muppet show. If you ever find a moment where you're like, I don't know if I'm as engaged as I want to be start looking at the puppets. And that's usually where you're going to find out what's going on. Or occasionally it's the, the artist guests wanted to do something that yep. they wanted to do. And they're like, okay, fine. You'll be on the show. We'll let you to do a thing that you want to do. Yep. You know, but uh, also, so favorite Muppets. I think we have to do this. We're talking Muppet show. Let's talk favorite Muppets from the Muppet show. And then if we want to go into other Muppets from other series, we can do that as well. But um, Rocky, what's your favorite Muppet show Muppet? Oh, um, you can pick more than one. Gosh, yeah. Place. I mean, the Menomina guy is always great. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I would say the the creatures on planet Kuzbane were pretty great. Nice. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kermit. So you like the comedic lie. bit part Muppets, the ones oh, who. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is always some main characters that you like. But, uh, you know, I like Gonzo. I like. My favorite, uh, I Muppet, like- one, my favorite Muppet, my mm-hmm. Muppet show Muppet is Gonzo. Yes. Nice. Uh, Bean. I'm a big fan of Bean. Wow. I know, but I don't think he appeared on the Buffett show. I think he was later. So let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Or, um, or Pepe. He's a way newer one, but, uh, uh, from Muppet show, probably Scooter actually. Cause I relate. Well, Muppet show movies. We can count Muppet show movies. That's that's fine. So Bean can count. Okay. Bruce, I think we know yours, but. Uh, so, so for me, my single, like, I love so many of the Muppets um, and so many of the Muppets, especially the ones that, that uh, were part of Sesame Street that kind of crossed over. Uh, but for me, my single favorite Muppet is Dr. Teeth uh, from yeah. the Electric Mayhem. Yep. Uh, and there's a there's a line of his and I use it constantly. And it's a thing that's Im- imprinted on my brain. And anytime I can, I use it. 
uh, from the Muppet movie, uh, j- they c- they pull up to the church, and it's Janice and the rest of the Electric Mayhem are like repainting the church because they're going to make it a coffee shop. And she goes, "Yeah, it's going to be a coffee shop, and it's going to be laid back and mellow." And then he says, "It's going to be laid back and mellow and profitable." Yeah, uh, <laughs> that I've always held on to. Where I'm like, because mm-hmm. I love that. And he, he always gets to be that guy that's like, I don't exactly understand how we did it, but it says exterior night. So we came to save the frog in exterior night. <laughs> uh, I just love that he gets to do that. So that is my single favorite uh, Muppet entirely. If I have to pick like somebody that's used a little more on the show, um, it's either going to be Gonzo or Pepe. Uh, right. Gonzo and Pepe are kind of the two that I just, I feel like I kind of get them. So. Uh, yeah, what I love about Gonzo is that he is unabashedly himself. Yes, mm-hmm. at all times. And he is very enthusiastic, and he is not ashamed of his enthusiasm. He's like the ultimate geek Muppet, right? Mm-hmm. I Like, I love these things. By golly, I'm going to allow you to be a part of my world and also love them if you want. But honestly, I'm not going to get too pushy about it. It's like, yes, this is part of my act. This is who I am. Hooray. He's not I- quite like Fozzie, who really wants everybody to be into his comedy. Oh, oh, definitely. Or Statler and Waldorf, who were the original internet trolls. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, and I love like Muppets from the entire Muppets from space story to that movie was Gonzo trying to figure out his place. And there's something about that. Like, I agree with you. I totally get that where, you know, most of the time he's like, all right, so I just want to do the human cannonball. And they're like, uh, Gonzo, could you not? Cause you're going to hurt yourself and other people. He's like, all right, juggling fire. It is. I'll be back. You know, like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but that whole story was like, I've never really felt like I belonged. I've never exactly lined up. Is there a place where I'm going to line up? And then he learns that, you know, like it was the friends he made along the way. Um, but like, I totally get that. I agree with you. I think there's an amazing, you know, kind of arc on him and just a way of being. So, uh, going back to the original then, or, or yep. to other Muppets, yep. Sesame Street, then I'm, I mean, Grover was oh. my favorite Sesame Street Muppet. Yeah. Uh, I for, second For that. the same reasons. Yes. Grover might be the greatest. Grover might be the greatest single Muppet. Yes. That they made. Yes. Uh, I mean, Super Grover is amazing and regular Grover is amazing. Yes. Uh, I'm also a sucker for Telly. Telly Monster. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. he was like the straight man who was like, what is happening? What are you doing? <laughs> there has been a series that's sort of talking about the history of the Muppets and whatnot on YouTube that re-explains sort of the whole history of Telly Monster. Like, oh, okay. That, that makes a little more sense to me. Oh. Now I understand that. This wasn't just random monster. Oh, or was, you know, but why, you know, why they pulled in the various things. And it also talks about Gonzo and, you know, it's, I'll see if I can't find the link. If so, it'll be in the show notes, but there's, yeah, some, a lot of interesting bits. And of course the Muppets first started showing up in commercials Mm -hmm. and advertised like a coffee. And I don't know, there was smoking at one point, but I don't know if they were smoking or if they were advertising cigarettes or, but yeah, they they, on fire. (laughs) <laughs> it could have been. I mean, that's not unlikely in old time advertising, I guess. True. Uh, true, true. But, uh, long history with the Muppets. I didn't get to really watch any of the newer Muppet show, which I noticed neither one of you has brought up as a conspicuous advancement in Muppeting. Um, um, so which one 
do you mean? Do you mean Muppets Tonight? Do you mean that one that was on ABC? Or do you mean that that one that's on Disney Plus? See? Yes. Because we've watched them all. <laughs> yes, um, we have. Muppets Tonight, I just really, really like. The only thing I didn't love about Muppets Tonight was I thought Clifford was a perfectly cromulent Muppet, <laughs> but he just wasn't Kermit. And yeah. there's some part of me that just like has that, I guess, just like that old white guy thing where mm-hmm. I'm like, give me, leave me my Kermit. This guy's cool. Leave me my Kermit. But it gave us Bobo Bear, uh, yeah. which is another amazing Muppet. He is pretty um, great. Yeah, also Bobo Bear, if you don't man. know Bobo, is another one like um, uh, like Sweetums, where he's uh, like a full human in a costume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bobo Bear's incredible. And I think Bobo Bear really came into his own in the movies more than he did the show. But I yeah. will hold on to from Muppets Tonight. I still remember watching this with like my high school girlfriend because she wanted to go do something probably that high schoolers do. And I was like, no, we're watching the Muppet show. <laughs> and it had Prince on it. Um, And this is like, because apparently Prince really wanted to be on an episode of the Muppets and wasn't popular enough like at the time when the Muppets originally came out. And his popularity kind of spiked, you know, at a different time. Uh, So this was Prince the Symbol was on and I still remember Prince doing a bit where he had to sing raspberry souffle. <laughs> um just he was in the commissary of the Muppets. Uh, nice. and had to do that that was great. I also really liked the one that ABC did where they were trying to like redo the office but with the Muppets where Piggy had a late night show called Up Late with Miss Piggy. I liked that one a lot. Uh, it, yeah. it it seemed more genuine than yep. say this this newest one I did. I can't even remember what it's called. The, the, yeah, the one Disney that's Plus. like all internet clips. Yeah, like uh, I want more from it because a it's so short and b it's like little tiny snippets and it just doesn't feel the same as the other ones. Yeah, it feels like someone has made the Muppets. Like there's a uh, if you ever talk to or you ever talk to if you ever watch interviews with Craig Ferguson where he talks about why he left the Late Late Show. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, well, did you leave because you couldn't get Letterman's job? And he said, no, like I wanted Letterman's job, but that wasn't really it. He said it was that they kept pushing me more and more to do things that were going to go viral. And he's like, that's just not who I am. Like if I make something and it goes viral, that's great. But like you can't make me make something viral. He said, and that's why Jimmy Kimmel at the time did so great. Jimmy Kimmel was like, let's have Barack Obama slam dunk a basketball and sing about it. And he was like, and he was really good at that. He was like, but I wasn't. I um, mean, this feels like someone's told the Muppets Hey, I know you do what you do, but I'm going to need you to make it go viral. And Ironically, the Muppets are like, yeah, they're like, I don't know. Bring on RuPaul. Maybe that'll work. I yeah. Don't, you know, like, uh, and that's, yeah, it feels like they're being pushed into trying to make virality. Uh, so, uh, so if they just had Stotler and Waldorf making fun of other people's uh, YouTube stuff, that would probably be all the viral they need. Yes, oh, I'd be in. Would, yeah, that would be amazing. If they did like a, a whatchamacallit beatdown. Uh, where it was, the MST3K of yeah, Muppets. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they did like a Willem's beatdown where it was uh, just Statler <laughs> and Waldorf, like just serving <laughs> uh, actual YouTube clips. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. But it's this weird thing where they're trying to be like family friendly and also a little edgy, but not exactly. And like, it's just a weird thing. It's not bad. And if you're you know missing the Muppets, it's a good thing to check out, especially if you have Disney Plus already. But I agree with you, Rocky. There's nothing from it. There's no moment from mm-hmm. it where I've been like, oh, I really need to go back and watch that. No. No, and mm. I always wanted more when it was over, just because yeah. I wasn't fulfilled. Yeah, it's, and it was like it was something like a sixteen-minute show. Yeah, so it was literally made of little clips. I think they hoped would go viral, and they guessed they would bolt them together into a show. When I, when I was younger and watching the Muppet Show, probably mm-hmm. sixteen minutes would have been the perfect length of time because some of those episodes, like you said, I was like, "Why is this being on part of as part of the show?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it might have worked might work better for younger people. 
with my attention span. That may be true. And goodness knows, uh, you can look to comic books and see it. Older people ruin stuff. So, you know, I mean, like, it's just the truth. Like, we ruined comic books. That's why all the movies that are being made are being made about comic books from, like, the 80s and 90s and nothing newer because we ruined them. Um, So you might be right. I, I hope there are a bunch of, like, 12-year-olds that are running into this and they're like, this is awesome. Um, You know, uh, Bunsen and Beaker are blowing stuff up. Uh, I hope that that's out there. I hope that you're right, Donald. So is there anyone from the Muppets cast, including the new shows, that you want to highlight that we've missed? I mean, Oscar the Grouch is pretty much, yeah. you know, you can't not talk about Oscar the Grouch. Too true. No, I guess we haven't really talked about Kermit. Like, what Kermit's big role on this is... (laughs) Oh, yeah, that guy. ...is not exactly straight man, uh, because it's not like he doesn't get his his flipper in from time to time, but he is sort of that calm core that tries to maintain itself in the chaos of the Muppets. I think he's supposed to be like a very talented everyman. He's supposed to be our surrogate. He's constantly exasperated, though. Yeah. He is habitually exasperated yeah. with what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not yeah, my favorite Muppet. No, no, I don't think I don't know that he's anybody's favorite Muppet. He's like everybody's fifth favorite Muppet. So he's like Mickey she, Mouse from Disney. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to see what Mickey Mouse is up to, but I understand he needs to be there uh, because like someone needs to make sure payroll gets done. <laughs> like that's you know like that's Kermit's place. Sometimes like don't get me wrong. If Kermit sings a Rainbow Connection, I'm gonna cry. Like that's just, that's Kermit can do that to me every time. But outside of that, I'm never like, where's that hot Kermit bit. It's never uh, what's going on to me. Kermit is habitually. uh, And let's see if we get this crossover with sports fans. uh, He is habitually Scotty Pippen. He would be great on another team. If Michael Jordan wasn't there and he just plays to every other Michael Jordan that's out there because Pepe is coming in or even like uncle deadly needs to steal a scene or Bobo needs to chew the background or, you know, and it just seems to be in every scene he's in, he's just there to like, just to make sure the building doesn't fall over and everybody gets paid. And there's something to be said for a good support person, right? Absolutely. And there's a reason that when they took him out of the equation on Muppets tonight, I was like, where's Kermit? (laughs) It's not, it wasn't that I was like this scene, you know what this scene needs? More Kermit. It was just his presence not being there made everything feel weird to me. Someone has to drive the bus. Exactly. Someone has to. And I think it's normally animal, which is weird. (laughs) That explains (laughs) once again so much. Uh, The movies, of course, love the movies. Yep. But, uh, you know, for for, for a different variety, Muppet Treasure Island is still my favorite version of Treasure Island. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm really hoping a lot of people are talking about, oh, God, what movie? There's, oh, There's some movie that just came into public domain that everyone's talking about. And there's also Great Gatsby has uh, entered public domain. And people were like, Muppets, it is now your time to make a Great Gatsby where Kermit is Gatsby. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so in for it. Because they they do the best versions of every movie. I think anything that hits public domain, find a way to do it with one human and the rest Muppets. So who would be the human in The Great Gatsby then? Oh my goodness. I can't even, I imagine it would have to be whatever the female love interest. I cannot remember her name anymore because I haven't read Gatsby in a hundred million years. Nope. But. Nope. I, I feel think like that's th- one I skipped. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like that's who it would have to be. 
is probably either that or some sort of like a outside storyteller figure. But I think I think Kermit would have to be Gatsby, but I don't know. I'm willing to, if you're out there and you are paying attention on social media, let us know who, which, which person's the human in uh, the Muppets Great Gatsby. Right. Or they just get uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then everyone else is a Muppet. Yeah. Okay. So it's still a part of the continuing Gatsby verse. (laughs) Yes. With the same Gatsby. He's just like sleeping in the other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Has woken up in the Muppets Great Gatsby. Uh Like what even happened? Yeah. Yeah. That party was wild. Yeah. (laughs) That's a. Wow. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. See? Okay. Yeah. I I don't think we can beat this whole plan here. So wrap us up, Bruce. Hey, so uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like what we're doing, hey, follow us on social media. Uh, Donald, tell everybody where to find the show and where to find you. Head over to inversegenius.com and you can find about all of us. Well, actually, I don't know if Rocky's on there or not, but Bruce is. I'm no. there. Uh, the show's there. So go go there and find us. Uh, or I tweet. Uh, you can search Twitter for Inverse Genius, but it's under Onboard Games because somebody else stole our name. Ooh, jerks. Mm-hmm. Rocky, so where can they find you on social media, all the great places, if they want to talk to you about uh, Kawakas and the Muppets? Well, I am on Twitter. I am at Rocky Chica, R-O-C-K-I-C-H-I-C-A, because I am unoriginal. Um, and I haven't heard anybody else with that name. That sounds original to me. Oh, thank you. At least I don't have numbers in it, so it could oh, be worse. 100%. Yeah. Um, I have an Instagram that I never use, so don't bother. I am on Facebook, but <laughs> it has my real name, so you'll never find me. So uh, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at, at Rocky Chica, or you can uh, tweet the other podcast I'm on at Party Gamecast, a show about party games and games you take to parties. And there you go. I've been Bruce. Rocky took care of all the things I would have to say. Uh, you can find me at Bruce Co. Thinks if you really care about my opinions on professional wrestling, drag queens, and quackas. Uh Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back in all good theory in uh, about a fortnight. Yes. Bye. Bye. Yay! And I think it stopped now. And there you go. All right. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.